Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax and focus and and rest just in the understanding and acceptance that God loves you. Your spirit is communing with him right now. You have all the information, all the power and authority, everything you need to meet your needs and to answer your questions. Our problem isn't our relationship with God. Our problem is our soul's relationship with our spirit. Our project is what's going on in our in our soul. What's challenging is that only God can change our soul. We are participating in the process by learning to live and move and have our being as a spirit being while God is working on our soul and eventually on our body. We've become so disconnected from what it's like to be spirit, to live and receive life from spirit, that even when we touch what is going on in the spirit, we are drawn back to interpreting and putting it into perspective according to our soul and our history and our understanding. And that's fine. That's where we are. Wherever you are right now is where you are. We don't want to get caught up in regret or guilt But where you are right now is your starting point. So, Lord, we just give you permission. We, we've already given you permission, but we recognize that what you're doing in us is what's best for us because you love us. And as a spirit being, we speak life to our soul. And our body. We draw our soul to our spirit. We look for opportunities to exercise the power and authority that we already have in our spirit. Not our soul, not our body, but our spirit. Because we have been born again. Your soul wasn't born again. Your body wasn't born again. Your spirit was. And your spirit was reborn, eternal, and in the kingdom, and one with God, joint heirs with Christ. Your spirit has inherited everything that is due the Son of God. We are one in spirit. 
so we can focus on living and moving and having our being as a spirit being with the understanding that God is working on our soul. Now, that working on our soul is going to be really uncomfortable because your soul doesn't want to be worked on. Your soul has been controlling you your entire life, including now. But God's not going to let that continue. He has a strategy and a plan for conforming your soul back into union with your spirit, which is what it was originally created to do, be united, be one, for you to be one spirit, soul, and body. Spirit is the power, the control, the kingdom, the life. Our soul is has its own purpose and function, whether it's for this earth only or whatever, but it's not it's not spirit. It's not it's probably not eternal. And then we come to our body, which is pretty much what we use here on this earth. Who knows whether we'll ever use it again or have ever used it again. These are questions that are fun to ask. But what matters is that we are a spirit being. And that as we spend time with him, he gives us tasks and teaches us about how we live as a spirit being. Even as he's working in our soul to bring healing, restoration, peace, teaching your soul to submit to your spirit and to be reunited, freeing you, your soul, from its beliefs and teaching your soul to relinquish its control back to spirit. So those are a little bit different of a way of looking at things, that we are, God on the one hand is teaching us to live as a spirit being, and on the other, he is changing our soul. The process is he does let us know sometimes what he's doing in our soul, but he's not under any obligation to explain himself. Sometimes we're experiencing things in our soul that we don't understand. And sometimes those things can be very painful. And uh, not understanding makes it worse. And this is why we want to have as our fallback to just be with God, just rest, just let him be the God. Because the pain that we're feeling is a reflection on his work. Not that we've done something bad or that we're broken or that he's punishing us or or judgment or anything. It's simply change hurts and we feel 
out of control because he's bringing us out of control. He's bringing us out of control and into submission to spirit. But he's the one doing it. And one of the big ways he's doing that is by the circumstance you're in. It doesn't matter how long you've been in that circumstance. In fact, let the Lord bring to your mind, your thoughts, your heart, any however he wants to communicate to you, any area that you have passed over, maybe because it's been going on so long or because you've just accepted that this is the way things are in your life. Let him bring that to the surface and change your mind about going in a new direction or recovering from a, a hurt, an injury, or accepting a new challenge. One of our challenges is we think we should know how to talk to God. And when we don't, we think there's something wrong with us. Remember, there's two voices that speak to the sheep, the butcher and the shepherd. If you're feeling condemned, if you're coming away from your time with God or you're, you're receiving words of anger or jealousy or regret, odds are really good that's not God. And how do we handle that? Lord, is that you? You may even get, of course it's me. Odds are that's not him. Lord, that doesn't sound like you. Are you sure that's you? If you keep on pushing, odds are really good. If there's condemnation there, you'll eventually hear a no. And then you ask the Lord, Lord, is this an interference that since it's to the surface now, can I take care of it? Can I do something about this? And go from there. And we'll be getting into how to handle these kinds of situations. But hopefully just recognizing that, hey, there's interference there. Your enemies are interfering with the reunion of your soul to your spirit interfering with what God is doing in your life. Now, don't get all bent out of shape or reactive to that. It's been going on whether you knew it or not. And it will go, interference will be happening in your life until you are one, spirit, soul, and body. And even then, he will still try. It won't have an effect, but your enemies, the world, the world system, the devil and his little buddies, and your flesh will try because that's what they are made to do. That's their goal. That's their job. The devil and his buddies were created to annoy you, to lie to you, to deceive you. The world system is there to put pressure on you, to condemn you, to point you in the wrong direction. And your flesh, you know, we make our own flesh. 
to make ourselves feel good, to give ourselves a sense of control, to meet our own needs. But hopefully, wouldn't it be nice if we could experience freedom from all that here on this earth? Now, Jesus did that. He was free from those annoyances. He was free from the effects of condemnation, deception in the world system, the peer pressure. But that didn't mean that he never had flesh, so he never had to contend with that. But that didn't mean they stopped trying. He just knew how to recognize it and to turn it away. But once Jesus overcame the devil, that didn't mean the devil stopped coming to him. That's all the devil can do is what the devil was made to do. Annoy us, deceive us, distract us, drain our energy, And likewise, the world system, it is this earth system, the time frame, how with the decay, the aging, those things are, we don't take those things personal. They are part of this world system. But they don't have to have an effect on us. And the more we are consumed by spirit, the less our enemies have access to who we really are. And our soul is more and more joined to our spirit. So it's not that we will be without trouble, that we will be without, that the the devil won't bother us anymore. Heck, if the devil kept on bothering Jesus, he's going to keep on bothering you. So that's not a good judge of how you're doing. So this coming week, give him an opportunity to see if there's something that maybe you've bypassed. Maybe because you thought it had been taken care of or it was too big or it's you ran out of time or... Maybe you didn't even take it seriously. And that kind of brings us back to our eight steps. We've been talking about the eight steps to engaging the supernatural. Now remember, the supernatural and the spiritual are two different things. But, but your supernatural senses that reside in your soul provide the window into your spirit. When you are one, spirit, soul, and body, your soul, your body, and your spirit will have a true and accurate perception of what is going on in either the spirit, the supernatural realm, or the natural realm. We have no idea what that's like. 
The supernatural realm is around you now. The spiritual realm is around you now, just as real as the natural realm is. But if you're listening to this, you're using your physical, natural ears. You also have supernatural hearing that functions for your soul, for your soul to gain understanding and knowledge. But there's also spiritual hearing, which is perfect. We have not experienced these senses the way they were meant to be experienced. So they are strange to us. They're alien. But God wants us to learn how the supernatural realm works and how the spiritual realm works. And that will also give us insight into how the natural realm works. And again, our soul functions in the supernatural realm, the solical realm. But other beings also function in the supernatural realm that are not human, like angels and demons. Maybe some others, but we're not going to get into those. Angels and demons are not spiritual. They're supernatural. They're above the natural. They're not perfect. They're not eternal. They're not one with God. But you and I, if we've been born again, we are one with God. We've been reunited with him. Born again into him. So we've been talking about the five, the eight steps. And we've been talking about the goal is really just to be objective and structured. And this doesn't just apply to the whole learning about the supernatural realm, the eight steps to experiencing the supernatural. It's about anything in regards to God. There's this idea that we are going to have certain kind of experiences or responses or feelings or, you know, revelation. And you may have all of those, but one does not mean anything more than another. In fact, very often, if God has to shout at you and send you a telegram or an angel it might mean that you've been ignoring or discounting that still small voice. He's been trying to talk to you, but you've been discounting it. Now he has to really hit you over the head. I'd much rather God be able to whisper in my ear and respond rather than make him have to really get my attention in sometimes unpleasant ways. We also want to pay attention to our goals. What God wants for us is what's best for us, and sometimes we don't know what that is. Most of the time we don't know what that is. And we may need to change our minds about what is best for us. But if God believes one thing about what's best for us and we believe another, 
God is not the one who's going to change. We're the ones who are going to have to change our mind, change our perception, change our goals and our approach. You're not going to be able to talk God out of his way of doing things. Now, it's fine to talk to him about, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you just wave your magic wand and, boom, everything be perfect? And if you've got that question, you know, please ask him. Pursue any questions you might have. But I suspect it's the process that changes us. It's the process of us learning to live and move and have our being as a spirit being that changes us and almost distracts us while God is freeing and healing and changing our restoring our soul. So we've been talking about, last week we talked about responding when God gives us something to do and, and also respect and follow through. And let's go over that again, that there is going to be times when the Lord will give you direction and instruction or birth in you a desire or a new purpose. Now, just talking to so many people, and I think this happens to everybody, that God gives us a desire and a purpose, and something happens. Maybe Maybe we start moving and acting on it, and it doesn't turn out the way we thought. It doesn't go the direction we thought it was going to, and so we just drop it. And we don't go back and say, Lord, did, did I hear you wrong? Did I misapply something? What's going on? We, we make the decision that we heard wrong or that okay, we've already accomplished it. We decide that we're done. And we don't ask God. We don't do the research. We don't put the effort into finding out if, okay, that initial rush, oh, that sounds like, that's really cool. There's something something in that really speaks to me. We try it, and then we drop it when it doesn't turn out the way we want it, when it becomes hard when we have to change, when other people don't understand. But the Lord is teaching us to be diligent, to take what he says seriously and begin to pay attention to it and to nurture it and hold it before the Lord. This is what I believe you've been telling me to do. What do I need to do with what you've given. Not because, not because it will make you better in God's eyes or will you, it, you will then fulfill your purpose. You are God's purpose. That's really all you need to know. Knowing him is your purpose. Being available to him is your purpose. All the rest of this is just projects. When he gives you something to do, it's just a project that will help accomplish his purpose in you, which is to reunite 
your soul and body with your spirit, that you would become one and one with him. Because this is where when you receive clear direction or desire from the Lord and you have questions and you let those questions distract you, you let those questions have more power in your life than the power of God. And this is one of the places it's so helpful to have these habits of spending time with him. And like these eight steps, okay, in any other area in your life where you're working to develop consistency and strategy and an approach that is not dependent on what is going on in your circumstances. For instance, we, we always, when, when something is going on, Lord, is that you? Lord, what do you want to say here? We, we have primarily learned to turn and listen to God. That's always the first step. And what you're going through, what's going on, on your, in your walk, in your life, there's going to be things he wants to teach specifically to you that will apply to your circumstances in life. Now, a lot of other people may be learning the exact same thing. Great. That doesn't mean it's a doctrine or it's a new, a new revelation from God. It's just that there are some things we all have in common. There are certain characteristics that we are struggling with here on this earth. Because at first we know we've received something from the Lord. But because we do not have the established habit to follow through and do the research and do the work and do the planning and make the changes, the most convenient doubt is that maybe it wasn't the Lord after all. And we just let it go at that. How big can you believe for yourself? Not for out there. But if you could ask God to do one thing for you, what would it be? If you could ask one thing of him and He's already guaranteed that the answer will be yes. What would it be? Start talking to him about maybe the dreams he's given you before that have fallen by the wayside. Now, they may have fallen by the wayside because that's where they belong. But it may be time to relook at these things. See if the Lord wants to dust them off and take full advantage, provide greater satisfaction and healing for you. But then finally we get to the step number eight, back to business. This is just return to what you were doing. Don't make a big deal out of it. We want to, again, learn to live and move and have our being in spirit, in God, in the Lord. So that when he interrupts us, when he gives us a glimpse of what's going on in the supernatural or even the spiritual realm, 
It's not a big deal. We take it seriously. We write it down. We do these steps. If he says, I need you to do this, we go do it. We come back. Anything else, Lord? If he puts an idea in our head, we write it down. We take it home. We look at it. We, we okay, what do I need to do? What is this looking for? And we start taking it seriously and acting on it. But then we go, okay, back to business. What were we doing? We don't quit our job because God, God gave us a, an idea for a new project. Remember, the Lord is under no obligation to explain his timing or direction. Now, as we become reliable and instantaneous in our response, he will likely keep your name high on his list of those he can trust. And as he starts tapping you on the shoulder and you respond, he will likely start tapping you on the shoulder more often. And as he gives you a task to do and you do it, he will likely give you more tasks. And that is something to take into account. Do you want to know the Lord? It will cost your soul its sovereignty. But you're going to lose that sovereignty anyway. Your soul will be reunited with your spirit one point or another. It may not be on this earth, but it will happen. But being one with God, being a friend of God, being one with him, knowing him, is worth it. It's not something that you can transfer from one person to another. It's not something you inherit from your parents. But that relationship with God is worth it because it's what we were made for. It's who we are. It's what we're already experiencing in our spirit. So thanks for tuning in. We're going to finish Step 8 next week. Until then, if you have any questions or any feedback, again, feel free to drop me a line at dianeattherainersclub.org. We'll be getting back together again next week, same time. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.